Welcome back to Fan Wonderland and it's time to fall down the rabbit hole. <laughs> welcome back to Fan Wonderland and we're thrilled to welcome, as some of you may know her, Jaguar Jones as the general name we're going by for all of this because it encompasses everything is Dina. So welcome Dina and thanks for giving up your time to chat with us today. Thanks for having me TJ. Uh, sorry, for those that don't know Dina, a.k.a. Jaguar, a.k.a. Dusky, a.k.a. Just where do we start? There's so many personas, which my first question is, why multiple personas, if you want to explain that to everyone? Because uh, they're all for very different things, um, and they're not uh, the same either. So Jaguar Jones is for all of my music. Spectator Jones is for my art. And then there's Dusky Jones, which is for my photography. And I just call the whole entire everything um, under Jones Society. So it's a bit culty, I guess. Because, yeah, there was a... But it's a consistent cult, though, because there's... You've got followers of everything. You know, there's your... As you mentioned, your digital art, which is Spectator Jones. And there is a colouring book, which we will touch on. Well, actually, I think there's six now, if I'm not wrong. If I've done my research right, <laughs> let's let's start with the one that probably people are most familiar with, though, being Jaguar Jones. Most would know you from Eurovision Australia decides. What motivated you to enter into that? Um, it was never a thing that I even had in my foresight, but it landed in my lap. And I'm kind of a person that loves to grab every experience and opportunity that crosses my way and embrace them. And so at the time, I really did feel like maybe I wasn't ready for Eurovision Australia Decides just because I've never even performed on TV before. Um, but I just thought, you know what, this came my way in a really odd way and it must be for a reason. And I won't be able to grow unless I put myself out there. So... I just said yes and just faced everything that came my way. And it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. And, you know, 2020 being so bleak, it's probably one of my favourite experiences in 2020 as well. It doesn't really feel like it was in 2020 now after just the craziness that's been going on these past months. It just, it always feels like it was last year, even though it wasn't. It was like a few months ago, but it's just... It just seems to feel like it's just stretched out to like six, seven months ago, not just like two or three. Yeah, it feels surreal that it was literally like three months ago. It doesn't feel like that at all. It does feel like last year. I feel like everything pre-COVID is the extension of 2019 <laughs> and 2020 is COVID. Pretty much, yeah. Like, and I mean, that's, that's sort of why we, how I initially came across you with Zero Vision was like watching it from Montaigne and then it was just the tie between you and Montaigne is who I wanted to win. It was, and I think that's where I saw a lot of the positive reception was around your staging, which as it goes for Australia and Eurovision was very different. What was, what was the inspiration behind that? Because you've got very bold colours, both in your videos and the staging of like these bold reds or yellows. It's simple, but it's got the props you need. Um, Rabbit Hole uh, was already going to be a single that I was releasing in early February 
And when I got roped in to do Eurovision, Australia decides all I had to do was move my release a week earlier. But it also meant that I had um, everything ready to go, regardless of whether I did Eurovision or not. And so uh, the staging was very much heavily inspired by the music video. Um, and basically with the music video and with the staging, the concept I had in mind was I wanted everyone to understand this rabbit hole that I was in. And rabbit hole for me was representative of, uh, I'm pretty quite vocal and open about it, but my battle with complex PTSD and how that PTSD kind of manifests itself into what I call a bunny mode because, um, uh, my PTSD affects me in a way where I behave like a prey, I freeze, I play dead. And um, it's kind of, I guess, similar to what a rabbit does in the wild. And so that's what rabbit hole is all about. And so I wanted that to come across uh, in the music video and the staging is this kind of claustrophobic uh, little room that isn't hellish but it's chaotic. Um, and so that's why it's offset with the yellow and um, the clothes. It's just because it's in my everyday. Uh, it's, it's not this hell, it's just literally in my everyday that I have to deal with and how I might battle with uh, the symptoms of my PTSD through you know different stages of things, through fear or anxiety to distress. Um, to a little bit of anger, whatever it might be. So yeah, I only had three minutes to do it, but I just wanted uh, people to see a slice of it and understand it. Uh, I, feel, I feel like that represents it well. And that's something else I really want to talk about is, you, as you've mentioned, you're very vocal about mental health. And I believe you've done some lectures as well. And you, as, as yourself, not one of your personas, you've talked about the mental health quite openly as well. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's still like a progress for me as well. I, I am open and I try and embrace my vulnerability and honesty and sharing. Um, but, you know, it's still a struggle for me too. But I think the best way to create that environment that I need around me for my mental health is to do it in my best way, uh, starting with me. And so I try to project that forward so that people reciprocate in a similar way and hopefully it kind of uh, snowballs into um, an environment where we're all able to be vulnerable and honest and um, uh, out of denial with our own mental health journeys. I, mean, I think that's something that it, as, as someone is struggling with mental health as well you know, I think it's something that I really appreciate that artists are starting to do that more often with something like rabbit hole on a national stage to be able to provoke that sort of conversation that doesn't really, that hasn't really happened before in the industry or any of the industries that you've got a hand in either. That's really openly actually talked about it, particularly in the music industry and most particularly as a woman as well, I would say that it's just sort of been that, oh, we don't talk about that. Definitely. I definitely cop a lot of flack for being open about it too. Um, I think uh, people 
and I, and I when I say I cop a lot of flack, I can I can see that they're battling with their own uh, mental health and uh, suppression and denial, and it's coming from um, the same space that I would come from, except that they're processing it in a different way. So it doesn't hurt me so much, but it just saddens me that um, people still feel that uh, the way to deal with the mental health is through an unhealthy, suppressed way. And I just hope that people can find a way to um, be more open and honest with themselves about it. Because the fact is, when you take away the power of what trauma or mental health does to you every every day and spend that energy in just being more honest with yourself, it actually becomes less of a burden. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's something that, and that's why we're trying to focus on that with different guests as well and just make it part of a normal discussion that it's something that needs to be talked about more. I mean, just two episodes ago, there, we, had, we were discussing how there's just very little support for mental health, especially if you're, you know, you're a young person or, you know, once you pass 25, that's sort of gone because there's headspace and ones like that that really only cover to 25. And then it's sort of once you pass that age, you're by yourself. And it's really only during all this and during the pandemic that they've realised that telehealth is actually something useful. But it's a matter of is that going to stay around after this? Because it's helpful and beneficial for a lot of us, but there's no discussion as we both just said that that progresses that further yeah i mean i i think telehealth was uh, amazing for my healing process with covid so i don't know if you know but i had covid19 myself and so i had my first introduction with telehealth and i just got off a panel just before talking about telehealth for an hour with new south wales health um but I think it was a really great initiative and use of really simple technology that is already around us uh, to provide the right level of uh, care and help and monitoring um, during these really stressful times This, you know, in the pandemic, it allows you to get the level of care you need uh, without taking up all the resources physically in the hospital. Um, and that was great for me because I didn't need ventilators, but I wasn't asymptomatic either. Yeah. And uh, I think it's, you know, especially with like the anxiety side of things as well is something that I've used it for is just, that's something that, you know, a lot of us with, whether it be PTSD or anxiety or depression, you know, sometimes you just don't feel up to leaving the house. So if that's something that can keep post this, I feel like it'd be something that would be inherently helpful still, even just moving beyond this, beyond, you know, I mean, obviously during these times, the anxiety levels will rise because we're having to stay cooped up in our own little rooms and there's a lot of uncertainty and fear floating around. So telehealth is a great way to get into the people's place, like personal places where we're not allowed to go and seek help at the moment um, and to then receive the help and care that they need. But I think after this, you know, like you said, it's, it's a really great way to offer different kinds of um, care, but still providing the same high quality of care um, to people who might not feel like they want to go outside and leave their house or they're in remote areas um, or, you know, it, it just, they're just way too far away to get to the person that they particularly want to see. 
Um, yeah. So I think, you know, aside from maybe the more physical side of medical care, like physio or whatnot, um, it's a great way to use, implement the simple technologies that we already have and um, build a better society around it. I mean, the baffling thing is it was part of their promotionals for like, you know, 4G and everything was telehealth. And then they're sort of like, oh, we have to put this in because of the pandemic. Like, why wasn't it already there? Like, they've been openly saying, oh, it would do this for us, but then didn't take the steps. So, but there's also, uh, you've got spectator drones, which is your digital eye, which I gather is another way you're able to sort of release, you know, different stresses or different anxieties. Uh, yeah, Spectator Jones started about two years ago. Um, and I guess initially I started it as a way to process and express my own emotions. But it quickly became a project that had its own legs where I would interview each person about whatever it might be, their vices, habits, anxieties, struggles, obstacles, triumphs, um, you know, depression, what, whatever it might be. Uh, that they want to share about their mental health. And then I do a visual interpretation of what they've generously shared with me into this colourful portrait. And so it's become a place of sharing where people are generous and courageous about, you know, giving up their bit of stories um, to then build a community around it where people also resonate with um, what that, person has shared and um there's a lot of support and strength that comes out of the project and um i think now i'm up to my i think i'm nearly close to my hundredth portrait as well um and i do a self-portrait every 10 to kind of document my own mental health journey and you can just see just quickly even through my instagram what number one portrait was like to the most recent one and that progress and healing and journey I've made through my art uh, has just been phenomenal. It's, it's literally just like, what was I even trying to say in that first portrait to the latest one just being straight up like, Oh, here's my experience with PTSD or whatnot. And, so and, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, it's been integral to my healing for sure. Yeah. For context, uh, for those listening, the, that very first one is actually part of the cover. So that for those that actually wanted to see that journey, that's that's part one of it. And we will have all the Instagram links below so you can actually follow those. And also you've also incorporated diamonds and liquid gold EP into from your Jaguar persona into your spectator as part of your art as well. And those are the colouring books oh, yeah. you mentioned. <laughs> I um I guess when I was really sick with COVID, I couldn't do music for a while. I didn't have a voice. I had, you know, shortness of breath and um, a sore throat and a wet cough. Um, music was out of the question at the time. Uh, so, but I also didn't want to just let Jaguar Jones go into a slumber. So um, I think a way for me to... Uh, motivate myself and give me something to do and to create and express as well as encouraging creativity within all of us while we're in isolation was to create these Jaguar Jones coloring books courtesy of Spectator Jones. <laughs> um, and so I focused 
on a song from each of the EP uh, for the coloring books each week. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. It was so much hard work because each week I put out a coloring book focusing on each song. But not only that, I also showcased two other visual artists who were also focusing on each of the songs from the EP. So it was just a big project over six weeks of me doing a drawing each week as well as roping in two other different artists each week uh, who would have to meet deadlines too to make it all happen and then um, being sick in hospital and uh, just trying to get better and then I also decided to run a competition with it and there was just so many entries it was amazing like I just thought it was an amazing 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 process and so many people have said that it helps them stay creative and got them thinking in different ways and gave them something to do, even if it was like they were on a work conference call and they felt better because they would just be colouring in while the meeting was going on just to like give their hands something to do. So yeah, I, I'm really glad I pushed through and completed it. But at the time I was like, what did I do? It was just so much work. <laughs> and there, and there is a free download in the links as well, which we will put below. I, is that all six volumes or is that just a portion of it? It's all six volumes that I've put out now. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's about 18 pages of it and I've got a digital one on my, on my note so I can actually do a digital version if I want to, but yes, yeah, yeah, you, you can print it out. And yeah, you once you download it, you can just print it out. But people, lots of people have been doing it digitally too. So I want to see yours. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's also, you know, with your music videos and everything as well. But also, I want to touch on Dusky because I don't get many photographers that I can actually converse with about photography, being a photographer myself. And your style is very, it's got a very particular style. And I'm curious where that came from. Um, like I take photos, but like, I'm not really your normal photographer. Like, you know, I don't take, I just literally take photos in one particular style, but then obviously I edit my own photos across the board and take photos outside of that. But I'm not like a technical photographer. And I think for me, the Dusky Jones style came about because people um, not flash at all, just raw and um, bare bones. And I felt like black and white was a great way to do it. And the high contrast uh, black and white was a way to really draw out the emotions that I wanted to put forward in the images too. So, yeah. Just for one, there, there is some kind of nudity in there just for if there's under 18 listening but because i do want to actually make, put one of them on the cover but you know for the context not getting it pulled off apple podcast and everything i went to safe option <laughs> but <laughs> as a photographer love them but is that actually sort of inspired your different you know like your staging for music videos and you know different parts of that did Dusky inspire? Well, like, does Dusky that... inspire other parts of your personas as well? Like, do they also oh, yeah, for sure. cross over? Definitely, definitely. Dusky is the confidence and security within my own body, which I then put forward in Jack or Jones or Spectator Jones. Um, 
you know, we all kind of battle with insecurities of our own bodies. And, you know, for a long time, I would cover mine up and be very insecure about it. And I feel like Dusky has helped me harness um, the no care attitude uh, about what I have and embrace what I have and celebrate what I have as well. And so now when it comes to things that I'm doing for Jaguar Jones, there's a shit shit no care attitude at all with what I do I just want to be the artist I am and um present it with what I have and um Dusky has let me grow that power uh yeah to put across everything as the and and for those unaware you do you do have a a really your heritage does play into your Jaguar a bit I feel is there a particular influence that has on all your art forms I guess Oh, definitely. Um, there's always uh, Chinese or Japanese characters uh, that come through in all three of my artworks. Um, and so for context, I was born in Japan, Yokohama, Japan, and I grew up with my Taiwanese mother. Um, so there's a lot of, I guess, you know, I spent my first six years in Japan and my dad still lives in Japan and it's a country I feel closest to. Uh, but at the same time, I was raised up in a Chinese, Taiwanese culture. And so I embrace that a lot in my, like, you know, choice of eating foods or cooking and what, what my favorite stuff is um, that my mum makes and what we celebrate at home, Chinese New Year. Um, so, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a huge part of me. Um, and I can't forget that. So it comes through in all of my art. Was that part of an influence behind like Rising Sun and like the visuals in, because there's like lots of circles and shapes that resemble like, you know, the sun or like Japanese yeah. flag, like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For me, Rising Sun, the reason why I wrote it the way I wrote it is I did it in a little bit of a jest. So if Jaguar Jones was a TV show, I pictured Rising Sun to be the TV show theme. And so I guess in this song world of Rising Sun, I'm a bit of like this prowess or cat wolf figure. And normally we have a wolf howling um, at the moon. And so I just kind of flipped that over where it's like Jaguar Jones howling at the rising sun. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's just flipping it on its tail and weaving in my own little culture. And it's like no moon here. It's just the rising sun. So, yeah. I like when it's a, well, as, as, as a creative who's kind of quirky as well, I like when it goes down the sort of unusual path that most don't expect like that. Like you just mentioned, just twisting around and changing up a bit. And I was going to say, where does that tie, like, where's that tie in how you came up with the names for the personas? Is there a particular reasoning behind each or? Yeah, like, um, like when I started my art project, I was literally just going to go with Dina because I didn't think it was going to get as big as I have, you know, put into it. And I was just going to, I was just trying to think of a handle because I felt like it deserved its own little gallery space. And so I wanted it separate from my own personal Instagram account. So I was kind of tossing between stupid names like Dina Doodles um like no joke Dina Doodles was on the list because I didn't think much of my drawings uh and then I realized I didn't want to call it 
like anything to do with Dina because the premise of Spectator Jones is everyone else's stories and everyone else's sharing. And it's a collaboration between me and the other person. So it's not Dina at all. It's Dina and some. So, you know, another the other person. So I, I came up with Spectator because um, it seemed fitting to the role I play um, in like creating the works. And, you know, when I came up with spectator, I was like, well, that is such a generic word. What am I going to pair it with so that I could get a handle? And I was like, well, why not create like this weird family of Jones? And so I came up with spectator Jones and it's funny because spectator Jones happened before Jaguar Jones, but I already had Jaguar Jones in my head at the time. That's why I came up with the Jones, but Spectator Jones was the one that was ready first and put out into the world. Jaguar Jones just makes sense. It just like it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> so I think Yeah. And Dusky, where did that one come from? Was that a Dusky straightforward as well? I was trying to think of words that is like monochrome, black and white, um, and and then kind of sounding a little bit raw and like risque I guess and so dusky came up as a word and I was like perfect it's like at dusk um it's generally tied in with you know more like the shadows and um the darker palette of colors and it also sounds like this like mysterious um sexy person called dusky and so I just thought it was perfect for the photography project and went with it Definitely would, yeah, it definitely makes sense now you've put those out like that. Like Jaguar, Jaguar like Spectator makes total sense now. I don't know whether yeah. Dina Dudas would have caught on as well. I think Spectator no, probably helped Dina with Jones. that. Someone's taken Dina Lynch on Instagram, so I went with Dina Jones just to fit it all in. Is that what you meant? No, I mean, Spectator makes more sense than Dina Doodles, I guess. Like, yeah. Oh, Dina Doodles, I heard <laughs> <Yeah>. it wrong. <laughs> Like spectator, well, when you describe it, makes total sense. Oh no, it totally makes sense. But you know, Dina doodles like drawing. That's where the joke was coming in because I didn't think that anyone would care about looking at my artwork. So I was just like, you know what, Dina doodles is funny. But yeah, I'm so glad I went the proper way. <laughs> well, it all pans out and works together well. So I, I feel that went that went well. But I've got to ask for the Jaguar side of things. Is there an upcoming single slash album on the horizon or EP? Um, well, I just put out my first one in April, TJ. Give me a break. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, but okay, I, secondary I, EP. I know a lot of artists yeah. split it. A lot of artists do split <laughs> no, their no, EPs. No, actually, no, so. you're actually on the money. You're on the money. Uh, I've been taking the time in isolation uh, to work on a second EP. And so hopefully we'll start seeing things from that later on this year. That's what I was thinking. Because I know a lot of, and there's some we've discussed, there's a lot of artists do split their EPs. Hence, hence the query because, yeah. As, yeah, as Dina said, Diamonds and Liquid Gold just dropped in April. So you can go listen to it all now. And watch the videos on YouTube. So, but we'll pop the, we're just going to pop Dina's website, link and Insta in the description. And then you can just go from there because, Everything's really nicely connected for a change. So that, that, that makes my job incredibly easy to just drop a link and off you go, explore. 
But like I said, you've got the colouring in books, you've got the digital arts, you've got the photography, you've got the music. So if Dean doesn't keep you occupied for a couple of days, we'll, we'll have a bit of a problem. I'll have to work harder then. <laughs> there's, there's multiple ranges to go there from, you know, you've got all of Jaguar Jones, you've got the photography of Dusky, you've got the digital art of Spectator, and there's a Patreon where you can follow even closer if you want to. Uh, there's a mailing list if you want to be on that. I already am, so what's oh. your excuse? <laughs> there's also merch, which... I will probably eventually get to. Uh, and, of course, your colour and inbooks, which I gather people may eventually want a physical version. I gather that's something you'll probably end up working on putting into a physical book. Yeah, I, I thought imagine. I thought about it, but I just think that, like, you know, people can print it off and just download it. it yeah. yeah, like, do it in their own little ways. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just so much work that I'm just like, I'm done. <laughs> done with it but hopefully people can enjoy it and definitely um tag jaguar jones like the hashtag and i can see it see everyone's entries because it's my favorite part of seeing people um like uh, like you know tackle something in a complete different light to how i would and sometimes i look at people's coloring ins and i just go damn it wish i thought of that so like i love watching you know people extend on that imagination and creativity and I, know, I know there's a question that I'll, I'll probably slaughter on twitter for not asking if i don't there's a i suppose a theory around the same artist returning for eurovision decides 2021 is that something you would consider going um, again wait 2021 is montaigne she's going ahead well from well, i've read different things as to they're going to just throw that out the window kind of thing. So I don't know. I what? don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a case. I've read different things. As no, um, to, she got confirmed. She got confirmed. Varies. To I mean, if that's what they stick with, awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it, SBS has even confirmed it yet, but yeah, there's different things. They, of like, No, no, I think they definitely way. have confirmed it. They definitely confirmed it. They put out a press release saying Montaigne is confirmed for 2021. Would you then return for, I guess, in this case, 2022 then? Well, or, I definitely... future? I definitely want to see Montaigne doing 2021. I think she deserved to win and deserves to have a chance at doing the proper Eurovision. Um, so I really do hope she gets to represent Australia. 2022... Oh, I don't know. You know, you know, 2020, we had Dummy M say she's going to go back in to <laughs> Australia Decides. And I feel like I'm going to throw my body in the complete opposite direction <laughs> away from Dummy M because she's the queen. So <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe like 2020. There was a lot wanting to see you go as well because it was a very different one to what Australia usually puts forward. So. You never know. There's, there's oh, look, like I would love to do it, you know, someday in the future. Um, but again, I would want to do it completely 100% as me uh, and who I am as an artist. And I guess that's up to Australia to decide if they believe in that or not. So I feel like this was like a little introduction and I'll give Australia a bit of time to sit with it and see if they like me or not. <laughs> Well, I can tell I can tell you definitely worked here for me. So 
that's that's Yay. very much that's very much happened. Well, that's that's how I discovered you. So, and I think I like the ones that do really stick out like that, rather than you know. And I think that's why you and Montaigne both stuck out for me was because it was so different to the you know the same sort of sounding ones. You know, that's why I really loved Kate's entry when she did it because it was just so so different to you know pop 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 or soul or whatever that was just consistently the same and so i think that's that's what we want to see and that's what eurovision is i guess yeah that just follows you know ones like montana yourself that are very much in that wheelhouse of we're not just going to stick to the norm we're going to do something a bit outside of that so well i, I, mean, I, think, I think the other yeah. truth is the other truth is Australia has an amazing alternative music scene and some really talented musicians come out of that and trying to diversify our offerings for Eurovision with what we already have is something we should be doing. Yeah, I think the Eurovision Australia decides should have happened well before this though. In my opinion, it was just like four years of just the Sony choosing, I think, and now it's actually Australia. I think that's where it really should have been you know, after the first year all along. Yeah. Because, uh, and that way it is Australia deciding. I mean, I don't trust their voting. I've had that discussion with many an artist. <laughs> They've never gone with the ones I really like. But that's, I mean, that's something that, you know, hopefully now they're doing it, we can have kick going. Is there any collabs that you'd like to do event like soon or in the future? With other artists? Oh, okay. Oh, on be oh, okay. As Jaguar, is there other musicians that you'd want to work with? Oh yeah, definitely. There's a long Santa's list of names that I would definitely want to work with. Um, but you know, we'll just have to see. But you know, it would be a dream to work with people like uh, Angel Olsen or um, the Last Shadow Puppets, Alex Turner. Um, even people like The National I would love to collaborate with. You know, I literally would love to collaborate with anyone because um, I think there's real value in pushing yourself outside of your own box and trying different things. And uh, I just learned from that experience. So I'm always open to collaborations. And that's what all of my art and music is, is collaborations anyway. So that's how I work as an artist. I think the one I'd really want to see is you and Kate Miller-Hikey. It's just two very different styles. Oh, yeah, we've, really actually written, we've actually written a song together before. I'm sorry, you've what? We've actually written a song together before, um, last year, end of last year. Before Australia Decides Where Everything, we sat in a room together and wrote a song. It's actually a really beautiful song, so maybe one day I'll put it out. <laughs> Okay, now I'm really, really wanting to hear this song now. Uh, <laughs> is it both your vocals is or is it just you've both written in someone else's kind of vocal or? Yeah, no, really... it's got, it's got, it's, it's my vocal as the lead, but it's got her vocals as backing vocals. Okay, we need to hear this. <laughs> now, now I know it exists, we need to hear this. <laughs> You'll have to be patient. <laughs> No, I definitely want to put it out eventually, maybe maybe on an album. Um, But, yeah. I mean, there's potentially a Kate Miller Hikey 5 happening. So there's a pretty much... Okay, if Kate's like tweets or anything to go by, there's potentially a fifth album on the way. So 
there's 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 a spot there, presumably. <laughs> I'm sure that album is done and polished already. I don't know. She hasn't told us much. You sit comfortably in your chair and it will come eventually. I'll work on it. You know what I'm going to do after this podcast is go and listen to it because I've forgotten about it. You know, just cruel. <laughs> I've got a song. I'm going to listen to it. You, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> yeah, that is cruel. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just consistently like tweet once a month going, hey, when, when do we get it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, do it, do it. It will eventually keep reminding me and I'll just be like, oh, I'll do it for I, TJ. I, I mean, I, I thought it was just, I thought it would be a good collab idea. I didn't realise that it already existed. I'm just going that oh, two, I, two I, really I, good styles would work. I think it's a collab that can happen again as well. So, um, that, do that an was album like together. Oh. <laughs> There's your idea. Where's so different though like it's a it's it's amazing that we could even write this amazing song together because we are actually really different from each other and how we sing but that is the beauty of collaboration so i'm just curious what the music video would look like given you very different styles you've got like this simplistic you know yeah bold color versus kate's sort of i suppose sort of like a light and very yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of vibe yeah. i suppose yeah nailing that completely um I, yeah i mean you know i've followed Kate for a while so i'd like to think i've got it sort of in there but like yeah you've got the piano you've got the sort of you know i'm i can't be the only one that's sung along to rabbit hole and then just like on that full-on screen and i gather you know the part of it i'm talking about yeah. in rabbit hole it's just like if you if you don't well it's just it sort of works but that's but that is something and as i said you know rabbit hole is out as is the whole ep so all those links are in the description below you can go follow dina jaguar dusky and spectator all on different instagrams credit to you because i know what juggling different instagrams are like and you've got four oh. of them <laughs> So, I've actually got five, <laughs> but it's four, four active ones. Yeah. Four active ones and a fifth we don't know about. <laughs> no, the fifth is just Jones Society. It's just a parking spot. For the moment. For the moment. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. But yes, if you, if you really want to go the easy way, dinalynch.com, we'll have that link in the description below and then you can just follow everything to there and reach out to Dini if you want to collab. I know I'm certainly going to be. And hopefully you've enjoyed this look into, uh, as Dina calls it, the Jones Society. Yeah. <laughs> and ideally we'll have the Jaguar persona back once once we either get that song or the EP, which I'm gathering the EP is probably going to be first. <laughs> going by our discussion. I'm, ga- I'm gathering the EP is probably going to be first later this year. But meanwhile, go listen to Diamonds and Liquid Gold. Go watch the Eurovision, Australia Decides performance. I know there's going to be probably a few Eurovision fans watching that. (laughs) And, of course, go check out the links below. Grab the colouring book. And thank you for giving up your time to chat with us today, Dina. No, thanks for having me. Thank you. And thanks for dealing with my schedule, sleep schedule. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's... That's all good. We we won't talk about that. 
no, you're, you're an artist. It makes sense. Uh, but okay. thank you very much for, for, for this. And I've been your host, TJ, alongside Dina Lynch, aka Jaguar Jones, aka Dusky, aka Spectator. Yeah, I'll, we'll stop there for now. <laughs> and we'll catch you all in the next episode.